Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our briefing. Today, we're going to be hearing, as usual, from public health. And I am happy to welcome also today on National Police Week, our police chief, uh, Sean Barnes, will be joining us. And we'll talk about a number of other things as well. Um, in addition to many other things, this month is Jewish American Heritage Month. So I invite you to join me in learning more about Jewish American heritage, and our libraries are always a great resource um, to learn about other cultures um, and other communities here in Madison. So we'll start with uh, Ariel Smith from Public Health Madison-Dane County. Good morning, my name is Arielle Smith. I'm the Director of Policy Planning and Evaluation at Public Health Madison, Dane County. I'm here today to share some information about a very exciting funding opportunity, which is now open for applicants. This funding is dedicated to help with our violence prevention efforts across Madison and Dane County. Before I dive into those details, I wanna take a moment to talk about where things stand right now with COVID. Right now, we continue to see high levels of case activity, but those numbers do not, I'm sorry, but those numbers do appear to be stable and no longer are increasing at this time. The number of people hospitalized with COVID in Dane County hospitals has increased in the past couple of weeks, but remain relatively low. The percentage of inpatient beds currently in use is 3.3%. The number of COVID hospital admissions per 100,000 is 7.3. And the number of cases per 100,000 is 499. Based on those metrics, we are at a medium level of COVID activity according to the CDC. As a result, we are recommending individuals make personal decisions that align with their individual risk and comfort. For those who are at high risk of getting seriously sick with COVID, we recommend wearing a mask, especially in crowded indoor spaces. The best thing all of us can do is stay up to date on our vaccines. Know your status in terms of eligibility for boosters and sign up for your appointment. We continue to hold vaccination clinics daily at locations around Dane County. You can find more information on our website at publichealthmdc.com slash vax. Shifting gears now to an update on our violence prevention efforts. To give you a little bit of background, in the spring of 2021, we released our roadmap to reducing violence. That plan takes a public health approach to violence prevention using science and data to understand the problems facing our communities. The roadmap laid out five key goals as a part of our broader mission of reducing violence, including understanding data, supporting community engagement with children, youth, and families, fostering strong neighborhoods, increasing intervention and healing efforts, and strengthening community engagement overall. In the months since the release of this roadmap, the Dane County Violence Prevention Coalition formed work groups and laid the groundwork for how we were going to start achieving these goals. Some of the key steps the team has already taken include expanding our community safety intervention team, also known as CSIT, improving some data processes, and helping to pilot the Community Alternative Response Emergency Services Program, also known as CARES. 
To move this important work into its next phase, we are calling on help from the community. Understanding that it truly requires a collaborative effort to address an issue as far-reaching as violence, we are leaning on community partners who have, ex who have the experience and the connections in this community. To help make that possible, we are awarding funding to agencies and organizations to help meet some of the goals outlined in the roadmap. Just over a million dollars in funding will be available for local nonprofits and tribal organizations um, over the next three years. As a part of this first round of funding, we expect to give anywhere from five to 10 awards, totaling around $300,000. Applications are due Monday, June 13th, 2022, and organi organizations can apply right now at publichealthmdc.com slash violence prevention. Thank you. Thank you, Ariel. And I do just want to echo the call for folks. If you are eligible for that next booster, please go ahead and get it. I went and got mine, uh, no side effects at all. You can find out much more about how to get boosted and whether or not you're eligible at publichealthmdc.com. Very important for us to keep up our protection against COVID-19 as a community. So thanks for joining me in that. Next, we're going to hear from Chief Barnes. Thank you, Madam Mayor, <clears throat> and thank you for the acknowledgement of Police Week. Uh, good morning. Before uh, we begin, I wanted to acknowledge the passing of Detective Amanda Anala, who proudly served the Madison Police Department for 14 years. Please join me in a brief moment of silence. Thank you. The purpose of policing is to protect the constitutional rights of all members of our community. The mission of policing is to provide safe communities by reducing crime while at the same time increasing satisfaction with police services. One method of measuring the performance of a police agency is to compare yearly performance. This is done by simply measuring the differences between what was reported last year compared to what was reported during the current year. While we can only measure reported incidences of crime, this gives us a relevant snapshot of crime and disorder in our community. Our department has been working on three specific areas of crime and disorder that were expressed not only by our department, but also by members of our community during our community engagement efforts. Those areas are shots fired or gun violence, stolen autos, and traffic accidents. We believe that while focusing on these particular areas, it will offer us our best chance to reduce overall crime while improving our community's satisfaction with police services here in the capital city of Madison. Our first quarter ended in April, and I would like to present some of the data. But first, a brief word about our policing philosophy. Our policing philosophy is kind of like our business model. There are things that we do well in the Madison Police Department and other police departments do as well in order to be successful. The first is problem solving. In 1979, our very own UW distinguished professor Herman Goldstein critiqued police practices 
by challenging the traditional nature of reactive policing. He advocated for, and we do employ, a proactive form of policing in which we seek to identify underlining causes of crime and disorder within our community. Simply put, we have expanded our toolbox to address the problems while using a team city approach and relying on other municipal and community resources. Our crime analysis function involves the systematic analysis for identifying and analyzing patterns and trends of crime and disorder. Information on patterns aid in the deployment of our scarce resources in a manner that is more effective to assist officers and detectives in identifying and apprehending suspects. Accountability is the means by which our department leaders provide the resources, training, and tools to simply get the job done. Accountability is the key to our policing philosophy. Without our ability to provide resources, training, and tools, we cannot achieve our vision of becoming a national model for exceptional policing. Let's take a look at three categories. Incidents of shots fired are directly related to the fear of crime. There are 48, there were 48 confirmed incidents of shots fired during the first quarter of this year, compared to 58 the same period last year. This represents a 17% decrease in the amount of shots fired that occurred during the first quarter. Stolen autos cause great concern for our city. Not only is this a terrible crime of convenience for victims, but inexperienced juvenile offender drivers represent a traffic safety threat to other members of the community. And often these stolen autos are used in other crimes. MPD investigated 144 stolen cars during the first quarter of 2022, compared to 192 the same period last year. This represents a 25% decrease for the first quarter of this year. In regards to traffic, during the first quarter of this year, we experienced five vehicle fatalities and 22 serious injuries. Most of these occurred during the first six weeks of the year followed by a significant decrease in traffic fatalities and injuries. As a result, we are focusing in on safe movement violation in all parts of the city. And we have special operations daily on East Washington Avenue, Mineral Point Road, and the Beltline. These are considered our high injury network according to our Vision Zero campaign. The final slide covers some of our historical factors. We remind our community to be mindful of your speed. Do not use alcohol while driving. Be mindful of distracted driving and be mindful of those walking or on bikes. And at all times, please wear your seatbelt. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Thanks for um, taking a moment to recognize the passing of Detective Anala. It's really tragic, and um, my heart goes out to her wife and her children. Um, I hope the whole community will join me in sending them support and strength in this difficult time. I also want to start by um, 
acknowledging a statement that Council President Furman and Council Vice President Curry and I put out expressing our devastation and anger at the abhorrent racially motivated hate crime that recently took the lives of 10 innocent black Americans in Buffalo, New York. Racially motivated acts fueled by the unchecked legacy of white supremacy have no home in America. And our hearts are with the victims and their families as well as the entire Buffalo community. And uh, my thoughts are particularly with Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. And once again, I find myself standing here demanding that our state leaders remove the prohibition on local gun control legislation and allow us to pass common sense gun policies that will help prevent future mass shootings. If they're not willing to do it, if our federal government is not willing to do it, we should at least be able to do it at the local level. So I call on everyone who has the ability to make a difference here, including our community, to help us get to a place where we have fewer guns on our streets. All right, on a lighter note, in addition to being National Police Week, it is also Infrastructure and Public Works Weeks. I don't know why these are all stacked up on top of each other. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're inviting our community to, to uh, join us in recognizing National Police Week, uh, but also to celebrate public works agencies and infrastructure um, during this week. Um, infrastructure Week is an opportunity for everyone um, to elevate infrastructure as a critical issue impacting all Americans. And this Infrastructure Week, I'm particularly grateful to President Biden for his leadership in getting the infrastructure bill passed, which will provide a once-in-a-generation investment in our infrastructure here in Madison and in Wisconsin. Um, National Public Works Week is about sharing how public works projects and agencies work together to serve our community while being resilient and ready for any situation. And I'd like to give a big thank you to our public works agencies uh, and to encourage you, if you are on the job market, to think about a job in public works with the city of Madison. These are great family-supporting jobs that do all sorts of interesting things in our community, and we are always looking to hire. Uh, you may have heard that Alder Avina Martin has announced her resignation from the Madison Common Council, effective on May 25th of this year. I'm very sorry to see her go. She's been an invaluable member of the council, served her district thoughtfully, and did a really good job of balancing different viewpoints with grace and empathy. She was the council's first and so far only Ho-Chunk member, and she provided a very important connection with the Ho-Chunk Nation, which I hope we can continue to grow and, and nourish in um, her absence. Um, I'm going to miss her presence on the council, uh, but I want to thank her for her years of service and wish her all the best going forward. Um, that means that we have two processes right now to fill vacancies um, on the Common Council. If you are interested in filling a vacancy in either District 20 or District 11, first of all, please make sure that you live in the district and you can uh, find out if you do by visiting the City of Madison website. Um, then you would need to send an application to ccec at cityofmadison.com. Uh, there's a series of questions that need to be answered, and again, you can find out more on the Common Council's website. Uh, that can be linked from cityofmadison.com. If you want to apply for the District 20 vacancy, which is um, uh, former Alder Alburis's seat, 
You need to send in your application no later than 4.30 p.m. on Friday, May 20th. Uh, for the District 11 vacancy, which is Alder Martin's seat, um, you need to uh, send in your application by no, no later than 4.30 p.m. on Friday, May 27th. Once those applications are received, they'll be reviewed by the Common Council Executive Committee. There'll be interviews of the applicants. Um, and after those interviews, the committee will make a recommendation to the full council. And then the full council will vo vote to appoint an interim alder person for those seats who will serve until April 18th, 2023. So again, if you're interested, and I do encourage folks uh, to apply for these seats, uh, it's a really unique opportunity. Um, please check out the council's website for much more information. All right, uh, we are in the process of uh, working on the transit network redesign plan. Um, since 2020, Metro Transit's been engaging with people all across the city to talk about how to make our transit network more equitable, more efficient, and more effective at getting people where they need to be. We've hired an internationally recognized consulting firm and Metro staff have put in countless hours analyzing the data, talking with residents, drafting possible routes, and designing a proposal for a better transit system for Madison. Some folks have asked why we're doing this at all. Why should we even redesign our current network? And the main reason is that the current system does not serve our residents well. In fact, it exacerbates the racial disparities that we see in Madison. People of color have to transfer 2.5 times more often than others, and they are twice as likely to have a trip that takes longer than 45 minutes than anyone else. Our city has changed considerably in the last 20 years, uh, which is when the current transit network was designed. And in particular, 20 years ago, our primary employment center was downtown, whereas now we have employment centers spread all across the city. So now it's time for us to reduce transfers and travel times and make it more equitable for all of our residents to get from where they are to where they need to be. It's not without trade-offs. We're making all of these improvements within the existing budget. So we can't be all things to all people. Um, but the plan is designed to provide good service for the majority um, of our folks with an emphasis on serving low-income neighborhoods and employment destinations. An analysis of the draft plan shows that 31% of Madison residents would see an improvement in service, while a small percentage would see a decrease in access due to the shift. We've had over 50 public meetings. There's more coming up. And we've received a lot of great feedback. We've made adjustments uh, to the plan and proposing a series of amendments um, to the initial map that was proposed. Um, so I want to just want to call people's attention to some upcoming opportunities to learn more and to um, have more input on this plan. So on May 19th, um, there's a citywide public information meeting. On May 31st, uh, there will be a hearing in front of the Transportation Policy and Planning Board. On June 6th, the Transportation Policy and Planning Board will uh, deliberate and vote on the recommended plan and amendments. And then on June 7th, the council will have the plan and amendments before them. Um, I just do want to emphasize that there's a number of amendments out there that are very responsive to what we've heard in those 50 community meetings. I'm not going to go through the details of them, but I encourage you to check them out at mymetrobus.com um, and uh, click on the Transit Network Redesign link uh, to learn much more about that. 
It's really important, I think, that Madison have fast, efficient transit service that serves our community well. I'm really encouraged by how much engagement we've had with this process, and I know that through that engagement, we're going to end up with a modern metro transit system that can serve as the background backbone of our community and our economy. Um, plus, with the electric buses that we'll be getting, we'll be taking cars off the road and taking one of the most significant steps that we can as a community to combat climate change and to protect our air and water. So please, I invite you again to engage in this process, come to the meetings, um, read the material online, send us feedback. Uh, we're very interested in what people think. Um, and again, we're trying to propose amendments that are responsive to what we're hearing from the community. All right, I also want to alert folks, in a previous briefing, we talked about our food scrap recycling program, and I'm very excited to alert you that we now have two sites in our community that you can drop off food scraps. So we're partnering with Sustain Dane and Neighborhood Food Solutions to make this possible. You can take food scraps to designated drop-off booths at the Eastside Farmers Market starting June 14th. That's a Tuesday. That market is on Tuesday evenings. Um, it's located at 202 South Ingersoll Street within McPike Park, um, and the market is 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, or you can take food scraps to the South Madison Farmers Market at 1602 South Park Street on the Madison Labor Temple grounds. Um, they are accepting uh, food scraps on Tuesdays from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., again, starting on June 14th. What is allowable to bring? Coffee grounds, eggshells, raw fruits and vegetables, other similar scraps. Uh, please don't bring meat products, bones, plastics, paper, grease, or dairy products. Um, but if you are composting um, and you don't have a backyard composter or a place to drop it off, um, here's an opportunity for you at our farmer's markets. Also want to update folks on the South Blair Street construction. You may have noticed um, that as of Monday, South Blair is fully closed, um, so please don't try and use that connection. Um, but starting on the 11th, uh, they did open additional lanes on Willie Street. Um, so you may want to try that as, uh, as a detour or come up around the square, depending on where you're trying to get to go. Um, you can find out much more on engineering's website uh, about that project and progress on it. Now to share some good news about uh, some awards. We, every other month, do our Team City Awards. And so last week you celebrated some outstanding City of Madison employees. Um, and I just want to thank them for their work. Um, this time around we celebrated Tanya Anderson, Phil Gadke, Cheryl Galbraith Francis, Chad Hughes, Mike Chekvala, and David Coy. Congratulations and a big thank you for all of the work that they do. I also want to recognize the recipients of the Madison Arts Commission Silver Lining Awards. Um, this event was uh, sponsored by Friends of the Madison Arts Commission um, in uh, collaboration with Madison Arts Commission and Garver Events, Des Destination Madison, Barbara Schrank, and Wart. We got 70 nominations for local arts, community, and hospitality organizations based on their creativity, dedication, and perseverance that brought silver linings to Madison throughout COVID-19. And 20 of those folks received awards uh, during the event um, on Thursday, May 12th. 
I want to just read the list because it's such a great list of people, and congratulations to all of them. So receiving awards were Lunart, Rob DZ and Madlit, Monroe Street Arts Center, Blue Stem Jazz, Dane Arts, Forward Theater Company, particularly Celia Clare, Related G and Defending Black Girlhood, Rowan Childs and the Madison Reading Project, the Healthy Kids Collaborative, the Leopold Arbor Hills Neighborhood Resource Team, Rodney Alexander and the Umbrella Transition Program, Jasmine Brown, Feeding the Youth, uh, Chef Dave Heidi and Little John's Kitchen, the Wisconsin Latino Chamber of Commerce, Brewer Stouffer and the Roman Candle, Wart FM, Alejandro Miranda Cruz and Noel Miranda of Brave Bird Productions, Dane Arts, Mural Arts, Oscar Morales, and Tamsi Ringler, Winter is Alive. It's a great list of folks, and congratulations for, to everyone, and thanks for everything you did to bring silver linings to our community. Uh, looking forward on the arts front, every year on June 21st, the city becomes a stage with hundreds of free live music performances in every neighborhood. Uh, it might even be your neighbor's front yard or porch that will be filled with music. This is called Make Music Madison. It's an annual one-day citywide free community music celebration held on the summer solstice, June 21st. All genres, styles of music, skill levels, and ages of musicians use public and private spaces throughout our community to share their talent. Last year, we had 312 concerts at 112 venues with over 1,000 individual musicians. This year, we're challenging our community to make this even bigger and better. Registration for performers and venues is open now through May 25th at makemusicmadison.org. There's no registration fee. There's no limit to the number of musicians or locations who can participate. So if you are a musician, I encourage you to sign up. If you have a spot that could host a musician on that day, I encourage you to sign up. And the wonderful folks at Make Music Madison will do their scheduling magic. Um, and we'll all have a great musical day on June 21st. Also on the art front, I just want to remind folks that Monona Terrace's 2022 Art on the Rooftop Public Sculptures are now on exhibit on Olin Terrace and in the Rooftop Gardens. And I encourage people to go up there and check it out. If you want to learn more, you can visit mononaterrace.com. The gardens are open Sunday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 8 a.m. to midnight. Uh, but the rooftop's closed if it's raining or doing other nasty weather things. But you should go check out uh, those uh, sculptures. They're very cool. Finally, uh, community resources and upcoming meetings. If you need help with housing, food, um, health insurance, access to care, access to other social services in our community, please call 211. That's the United Way. Or you can text your zip code to 898-211. They will connect you with resources to help you and your family. If you need computer access, please visit one of our libraries. Um, you can sign up to use the computers there. Um, you can call 608-266-6300 for more information. I uh, encourage folks to visit and subscribe to my blog at cityofmadison.com slash mayor slash blog for more information on all of the things that I talked about today and much, much more. And if you are interested in engaging with the legislative process of your local government, there are many upcoming meetings. You can find out more about all of these meetings at cityofmadison.com. You'll see agendas, minutes from prior meetings, how to sign up to speak at these meetings, um, or how just to watch them, um, or uh, in a few cases, attend them in person. 
So on Monday the 23rd at 5.30 p.m., the Plan Commission meets. On Tuesday the 24th at 6.30, the Common Council will meet. On Wednesday the 25th at 5.30, the Community Services Committee meets. On Thursday the 26th at 12.15 p.m., the Police and Fire Commission will meet. At, on Tuesday the 31st at 6 p.m., the Transportation Policy and Planning Board will meet. And Wednesday, June 1st at 5 p.m., the Board of Health for Madison and Dane County will meet. And that's what we've got for you this week. Let's see if there are questions. Good morning, Mayor. We have no questions today. Excellent. Well, we all covered everything in such detail and clarity that there are no questions. I want to thank again RAL and Chief Barnes for joining us this week uh, and encourage you all to stay safe out there and enjoy summertime. We'll see you next time.